Ephesians chapter 4. This is under the heading of encouragement to unity. I use that word because if I use exhortation, you think I'm getting down on you. See, a lot of people think that, oh, I got exhorted. No, you got lifted up. Exhorting isn't being rebuked. It's in being encouraged. And so this is under the encouragement of unity. And so the scripture reads like this, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. It says, endeavoring, that means doing everything to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Father, I thank you. I give you all of the honor, and I give you all of the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, one of the reasons why I, I'm preaching this message is because I asked God to give me something for the church here in the Bay. And a lot of people are mad at you already because you took the name of the whole Bay. See? That means that our brothers and sisters and other people that are in other ministries, they, they said, man, we were the church of the Bay first. Well, because your pastor has grand theft vision, that means he has big vision. See? And so he just didn't want to continue where that left off, who he left off doing good because he raised up disciples who became leaders, who became pastors, and they were sent all over the world. So you have a rich inheritance. You are part of the mother church. You're part of me. I come from the mother church with Pastor Sonny and Julie. Pastor Sonny and Julie discipled uh, his parents. And in that discipleship, they learned the ways of Jesus Christ. And when they saw that they were ready, they sent them to Northern California to come and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. They sent them over here with a vision. The vision to be able to reach out to the people that God called us to reach. And I told you who those people are and their families. And they have been doing it since the 80s. Now their boy took over from the mom. And now he's getting down with his bad self for Jesus Christ. And he's turning you on to what he was turned on to as a little baby growing up with his sisters under his mother and father. Now you guys have the privilege to be able to in that discipleship as members of the body of Christ, each one of you has an important place in the body. Imagine the church. You know what the church means? It's it's the church of Jesus Christ. She's beautiful. She's not an old lady. She's not in a rocking chair waiting for Jesus to come. No, she's getting herself pretty. She's moving spot and wrinkle. She's on a diet. She's getting her old shape back. She's, she's looking beautiful. Yes, mascara ain't got nothing on her. See? Both men and women, we are the body of Jesus Christ. We're getting ready so that when God calls us, that we're on our way to heaven. 
And because we're on our way to heaven, the original prayer says, Whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have life everlasting. And when they told us that we bought into not only salvation right now, we bought into that if we come with Jesus, we're going to live forever with him. We're not just, our life is not just going to end here in earth. We are going to live with him forever. So we are a people, God's people, his chosen people, that he called us to live forever with him. So we're getting prepared for heaven. And so if we're going to live together in heaven, we got to get along. You know what the word unity means? The word unity means one. It's a Greek, it's a Greek word, yabad. It means together. Together, together, together. Just you and me. <laughs> Along with. So I want you to look at, think about. When I was raising, when I was growing up, I didn't get along with a lot of people. So you know what I wanted to do? I used to think of like, wham! Wham! Oh, I don't know, Pastor, she fell down. Uh, let me help her. Because my mind was messed up. It, 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 it didn't think right. Even though God touched me and delivered me, I don't know, uh, I didn't know I thought that way. So you know when you catch yourself thinking that way, you got to go to the next step. Where did that come from? You got to say, where is it at? Where did that come out of? And it's in here. See? And it has to do with was always thinking that the world wants to burn me. I just went to the welfare office, and man, that lady told me that I'm not going to get what my friend got. They're only going to give me 299 He gets 2000 a month just because I'm brown. Yes, and that's not fair. And even the connection cheats me, and I know that he didn't give me the dope that I bought. And my wife, I can't trust her. She looks suspicious and all kinds of things. They're going to give our inheritance to my younger brother who, who is worse than me. I don't know why they're giving it to my sister. See, we're always thinking that somehow we got burned. Why? Because the one that raised us up, his name is Satan. He's the one that came to our lives as we were young, barely born, and began to use the things that he uses on our family and in our races. And so a lot of it, we come in with disunity. When the judge says, you've been charged with 11, 7, 29 of the penal code. You are charged with 187 PC murder in the first degree, burglary, possession of dangerous drugs. What do you plead? Your honor, I am not guilty. I plead not guilty and I ask for a blue ribbon jury all over the state of California because I'm being done under again and I don't want a public defender. I want a, I want a state pointed attorney because I've been ripped off all my life. And so we come into Christianity. Brother, what are you doing? I didn't do it. Whatever you think I did, I didn't do it. 
I plead not guilty, and how dare you judge me? You don't know me. You don't pay my rent. Where do you come from? See? And so that's the attitude. So what that does in the body, as those of us that are finding our place, those of us that uh, we, we struggle to things, and finally we want to satisfy the Lord. We want to do what he wants us to do. And we start getting in there and we start helping. We'll notice that not everybody is in unity. And unity says this. It has to do with not only close proximity. It has to do with being close in space and in time. Close association and relationships. That means that we have to have friendships. Uh, it means being alike, both that, that has to do with being like the Lord, coupled together with the Lord Jesus Christ, like even knit together in unity. It's a quality or state of being united. Romans 5.15 says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. Now, you're in revival. Victory Outreach, you're in revival. You've had men come that are revivalists. Revivalists are men that God uses under that spirit of the Holy Ghost that come and bring the heart of God and the spirit of God is upon them because they get a hold of God. And because they're called, they're anointed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're anointed to pray for healing for people that are captive, that are bound to get loaded. They're, they're anointed to speak the miraculous in the name of Jesus. The, the power of God is upon them to be able to lay hands on the sick and Jesus will heal them and open up blind eyes. And even many of them have prayed for dead people that arose from the dead. It still happens nowadays because God still uses his fivefold ministry to, to encourage the body. And it's done through revival. And when revival takes place, it's almost like this. It's inside. It's like the karate kid. He was taught to wham, kick him with the other, not this one. Inside. And what happens, there's a stirring that takes place inside by the Holy Spirit. And it brings a renewed zeal to the inner man. And when that happens, all of a sudden, we're excited. All of a sudden, there's ingenuity, there's creativeness, there's energy. We want to get down with our bad selves for Jesus we don't want to stay the same. We want to function better, even though if we're sick. We want to do more, even if we can't get around. Because there's some of us that can't get around too good. We have inflictions in our bodies. There's things that have come down upon our bodies that for some reason God hasn't healed yet, or he may not heal them. But it doesn't matter, because he gave us salvation. It doesn't mean anything, because we're able to pray for those that are afflicted. It doesn't stop us because we are not getting the healing that we want and the deliverances. We still have authority as Christians 
in the name of Jesus to intervene for people who are hurting. We don't have to be stopped by diseases, the powers of darkness. We don't have to accept the way the world thinks. It's because we have a God that is a creative God, and he's able to do great things. It's a state of being one, oneness, single, one single thing, something complete in itself, the body of Christ, the oneness of a complete whole, the body of Christ, harmony or agreement. These guys that were singing were reminding me of the four tops. I was going to call them the, the temptations, but there was, on, there was only four men, so I didn't want to count the sister. So I said, the four tops. You see how they got down? For Jesus, so that you would be able to be able to sing along with them. Now, it's the arrangement of elements. God arranges. It's like a picture, like a book, like a, like a music, like a work. To secure a single effect, like harmony, like the whole body. Ephesians speaks about that. That the best way that me and you function is to the body of Christ. Now, right away, Paul, in verse 1, he tells us what worthy of the calling. That means what God put you when you came in, don't get off track. See? Stay on. His dad put me on the track of witnessing. They taught me how to witness in everyday life. And so I didn't get away from that. Every time I went somewhere, I couldn't help seeing people on the bus, the markets, the drug dealers, and so forth. And so what are we doing? We're encouraging you so that you will find your place in the body of Christ. You already have a place. Those that are born again, you're members of the body of Christ. That means that you have a place. There's something special that God has for you. And so we're supposed to walk worthy. Verse 2 speaks about with humility to bear one another, to love one another. So in humility has to do with being humble. And the only way that can happen is that when you begin to read your Bible and, and you really realize that who are we? You know, did we have anything to offer God? It's his mercy that brought us in. And so he continues in verse 3. He says, keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That means love unity. Love it. Learn it. Unity with your brothers, with, with the members of the body of Christ. It's of the spirit. It's of the Holy Ghost. We're brothers, brothers and sisters of the body of Christ. I love Stevan because he's Pastor Steve's son. I love Chela because Chela is unique. I love their kids, your kids, your daughter, your children. I may not know them. I'm excited for them. Why? Because if God did it for me and my family, our kids grew up in the Lord, they love Jesus. They know this vision. Did they grow up in the streets like me? No, just one. 
but they love Jesus. Your kids are going to love Jesus because you are in unity. You want unity in the body of Christ. Now, the explanation of unity in verse 4, it says that you were called into one body and one spirit and one hope. And what is referring to here, the Apostle Paul was telling us, you have this in common, uh, members of the body of Christ. This is what we have in common. You have been called into one body, one spirit, one hope. We're going to heaven. One Lord, hallelujah, God the Father, one faith. That means believing in the God's plan. And God's plan is believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to die for the sins of mankind. That he died on the cross at Calvary. But like the scripture says, he rose on the third day. He was seen of over 500 people in 40 days. And dead people rose when he rose from the dead. And he gave the great commission. He says, get out there into the highways and the byways of the world. Make disciples. Tell them that there's forgiveness in my name. Lay hands on them in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. I will be with you always, even on to the end of the world. And he says in verse 6, one God, one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So that means that you and I, we have God. He's, uh, he's with us. He's inside of us. He'll use us. We belong to him. He gave us to Jesus. And so what is it saying? It says, it says that you and I, our God is the God that created the universe. Imagine, our God is the one who, who is the God of everything. He is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the, the, the creator, the one that made everything. Nothing was made without him. Yes, he is our God. He, that's who walks with us. We may be busted. We may not have no finances, but we're not broke because the church has been given an inheritance. It has been given a portion. And in that portion, don't want somebody else's portion because they got their own portion. But you and I have a portion that God gave us. And in that portion will be enough to meet our needs. The things that we need for life, to live in this life. The things that we need to make it as Christians, to reach out to people. The things that we're going to need to live, the homes that we live, the cars, the insurances, and all of those things that we need have been given in your portion that God gave me and you a special portion. Imagine somebody else would want Steva's portion. See? Somebody will say, man, I wish I had his portion. Well, he lived with parents that, that probably got on him, schooled him, and taught him things and maybe spanked him or disciplined him. See? And he grew up and he went to school and he learned how to become a young Christian and he went to the, to, to, it was in the dramas that his dad made and, and he played parts in it and he went to the schools of the outreach into, into the, the UTCs and, and, and he, they wanted him back and he came back only for one reason, I don't want to say it.
Don't make me say it. Are you with me? <laughs> now, members, the means of unity. I, wa I want to speak about them. Why God gives unity to me and you. And I want you to look in there to see where you're at and what you have. What you have been exercising and what you haven't. And it speaks about means for unity, the gifts. It says in verse 7, that to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. That means grace has to do with gifts. It has to do with, with, with uh, the gifts that God gives us. Mercy, love, grace, the anointing, favor, uh, singing, carpentry, different gifts that he gives you. And so he continues to say that those gifts were given according to the measure of Christ. Whatever grace has given to you, be thankful that God put you in the body to do something. See? Be thankful. Don't try to be the head. Don't try to get the position of the neck. If he put you to be the little toe and the hair on the little toe, Oh, you've become the best heir of the little toe for the glory of God, and somebody will talk about you. Yes, because you didn't want anybody else's position. We have to learn. Like, my pastor loves me, but I'm not his cup of tea. You know what that means? He loves me. But when you're not his cup of tea, means that because he has to look at the world, he has to look at what people are coming up, he has to... Keep his eyes on, on who's in Indonesia, who's coming in in the Philippine Islands, and who's uh, over here in the, in the Church of the Bay. And, and he's got to look to see what teams are arising, what people learn to be part of the body of Christ, which those members learn unity, team concepts, and so forth. He's looking to see who he can gather together to send to Panama, to send to Russia, to be able to send where they call for us. They call for us all over the world, Victory Outreach. You have men that you have sent, not only to pastor, but they're right now working in rehab, big wheel, and, uh, and others that, that, that are in different places. The girls are going to Africa. Your daughters are going to Africa to go get trained. They're not just going across the street to Alvarado. No. They're going where they hear that, that there's a training center, that, that they're going to be able to, to experience revival, and they're willing to spend their lives for the Lord. They're willing to go out of their way because they're young, and they can go, and those are your kids because they want to be in unity with God the Father and the local pastors, the founder. Are you with me? And so... Jesus, in verse 10 and 11, gave the fivefold gifts to the church. And the fivefold gifts are, are apostle, which starts new works. And then the prophet is the one that gives a special word to people that draw people to God for their present and their future. When he says something, they're drawn to the Lord. And then the evangelist, his work is to brag about Jesus. His job is that every day he's got to spill the beans. 
Every day he's got to talk about the blood of Jesus. Revelations 12, 11. Because he, he learned that the, that the apostles overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame Satan because of the testimony of Jesus Christ. And they overcame Satan because they didn't live their lives unto death for themselves. They didn't live a selfish life. They lived a selfless life. They lived life for others. And the work that God has given them is for the equipping of the saints so that the saints could do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body. Now, I wrote some things down here that I learned from the, from the Bible, but I have my own concept of what I learned. But this is what it means. For the perfecting of the saints, the King James speaks about equipping me and you. It has to do with uh, his purpose was to equip. Jesus' purpose was to equip God's people. We're God's people. He wants us to get equipped. He did this, Jesus, to prepare all of God's people. See, we're, we're, we had to be prepared because we didn't know what Jesus wanted us to do is to train Christ's followers. We are followers of Christ, and so he wants to train us. He did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people. Now, why is the, what is the training for? During that time of training is where we're going to have an opportunity to be united. It's where we're going to have an opportunity to care for the other person in the body of Christ. See, if we don't know who are the members of the body of Christ, they're not going to be stirred for good works. The body comes to church to get provoked, to provoke each other for good works and love. That's one of the reasons why we come to church. It's not just to worship. It's so that we could know each other, so that we could see each other, and that we could find out about each other, and, and, and find out your testimony, and what did God do to you? Where do you come from? And, 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 and uh, who are your parents, and how many kids do you have? Where do you work? So be concerned for your past and your present in order to be able to, to be helpful to you so that you can get to your future. And so as a member of the body of Christ is that we're to stir up good works. Good works are loving, being kind, looking at people when you say hello, giving them a hug when they permit you to say a hug and, and, and going out of your way and learning how to open up the valve of your heart. See, at, at first it, 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 won't, it may not you may not know how to do it like God wants you to do. You may shake somebody's hand, look the other way. You may bypass somebody that, that you, you didn't go out of your way. But after a while, you're going to want to encourage because they're the body of Christ and they come from a long ways. We have come from a long ways, Victory Outreach. The couples that are here, married or not married, they have been brought here so that they could learn about marriage. 
They have been brought here so that they could see that there's a place that God has for them and their family to grow up and to learn the truth of the Lord. Now, the purpose for all of this is to be able to do the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is helping people. That's the work of the ministry. Helping people in church and helping people where you live. Where we're lacking, we're not helping too many people where we live. So our church could have been 5,000. But because members of the body of Christ, we're not in unity. We don't communicate like we should with our leadership, with our neighbor. We haven't really gone out of our way to be friendly, to let somebody in our lives, to go out of our way for somebody, to be concerned like Philippians 2.4 says, be interested in the affairs of other people, not just in your own affairs. See, we've always, it's the, the unity of the church has always worked well when we function in the spirit of unity. Also, it says that the work is for Christian service. Christian service means helping people, providing love, extending a heart, going out of your way to give somebody a 20. Today we saw a guy when we went to go eat. He was, he was young, and he looked like he was asking for money. And so I went back out. Pastor Seven already thought he was going to buy him a cheeseburger from Nations. So I went out and I gave him the gospel of Jesus Christ and I bragged about Jesus. I bragged about the testimony of Jesus Christ in my life, about the delivering power of God. And then I said, let me pray for you. So when I was praying for him, he was, he was nervous. It could have been the demons inside of him or demons around him. They wanted his mind. And so I said, you ain't going to get his mind, devil, because he belongs to Jesus. So then after I was done, the scripture says, don't just help somebody and tell them about the Lord if you're not going to help them. So I told him about the home. I said, let me go inside and get some change. I was lying. I didn't want to pull out my wallet. I had a 10 and about four fours, four, four $1 bills. So I went inside and I pulled out $2. And I said, it's not right for me to tell you about Jesus without helping you or giving you something. And I know God knows how you're going to use it. I didn't say you're going to use it to get loaded. I said, God knows how you're going to use it, but he wants you to have this. And so that guy got so blessed, he was not outside begging anymore. He came inside the restaurant and somebody else bought him another meal. Pastor Seven turned him on to one of those nation's cheeseburgers. And you guys that go to the nation's, you know how those cheeseburgers are, huh? Especially when you put those chili beans in there. Woo! That gives you power for this world. But what I'm speaking about to you, the Spirit of God has already given you power in revival. You are not a church that needs revival. You're in revival. You're excited already. The Spirit of God has fallen upon you. God is just waiting for you 
to move in revival, to move in the energy, to get in there and occupy the place that he has for you as a member of the body of Christ. It means to be skilled in servant work. See, the first one was to do the work of the ministry, helping people. Everything that has to do with the work of the ministry, office work, reaching out. The work of Christian service is provided as being a servant. See? That's why Jesus gave these gifts. He wants us to be servants. I was a good servant when I was in prison. I learned how to clean my cell. Oh, I cleaned my cell beautifully, waxed the walls and the floor that I was even afraid to come in my cell with my shoes. Because it was so, and that toilet, man, I learned how to clean that toilet so good that I flush the toilet and I get a glass of water and I drink there. <laughs> and I could even take a bath in that toilet because that toilet was anointed. So what did I do as a Christian? I was good at cleaning toilets, so I cleaned toilets in the church. And so when somebody is anointed to clean toilets, you know that toilet is going to talk. You know that that anointing is going to be in there and what you do for the Lord as a member of the body of Christ. Whatever it is that you God puts you, if it's ushering, if it's cooking, if it's reaching out, if it's working with the youth, you're going to be anointed for that. Now, skilled servant workers. That means skill means that you're going to learn abilities. That's what the word skill means. It means you're going to be good at, at helping people. You're going you're to be great. Also, it says, for the work of serving. That means we have to, all of this is so we can serve people. Serve works of service. means that you learn how to help people first at home. First you serve God, and then you serve your family out of the relationship that you're having and serving God. And you have to learn how to serve your family because if you don't serve your family, you're not going to have experience to serve in the church. See, if you come to serve in the church and serve the pastor, but you don't treat your wife good, you don't treat her kids good, you're not in favor of her grandchildren because they're not your bloodline or, or, or because you have a favorite and, and she cares for the other one and you care for this one. No, it's that you have to practice this that God has us because we are members of the body of Christ and so are our children going to be members. They're going to come into, uh, uh, into salvation. They're going to repent of their sins. But it's going to be according to did we take care of them? Did we look out for them? Did we move by faith in their behalf? Did we buy them things? Did we believe God for things for them? Did we tell them we didn't have no money? Did we say, leave me alone, I, just couldn't, I can only pay the rent? Come on, uh, I, I, I ain't got no money to buy you those tennis shoes. And then all of a sudden they see you put money in the offering. And they say, wow, my dad has money for the offering, but not for me. See? So they're already learning wrong. Well, we're not teaching them right. We have to teach them faith. No. All of this, brothers and sisters, is for the edifying of the body of Christ. That if we allow ourselves to learn, to get trained, 
for the work of the ministry, and we do the work of the ministry at home, in the community, and at church. This is for in the church. This is to edify the body of Christ. That's to build up each other. To build up the body of Christ, the church. We are the church. It's so that we're working within Christ's body, the church, to make the body of Christ stronger. See, we want to be stronger. Now, as I, as I get ready to, to land, I saw some things here that I really liked. In Psalms 133, it says, For brethren to dwell together in unity. In Acts 4.32, it says that so that we could become one heart and one soul. In Romans 12.16, so that you and I could be of the same mind towards one another. In Philippians 2.4, you heard me read it. It says, to, to, it says, fulfill my joy, the apostle says, by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. In, in verse 3, it says, it says this, let each esteem others better than themselves. That means to care more for the other person than ourselves. In Philippians 4, it says, but also for the interests of others. In Romans 14, 19, it says, it says this, the things by which one may edify one another. It says, let us pursue things which make for peace, the things by which one may edify another. That means, let us do things that build each other up. Romans 5 Fifteen five, be like-minded towards one another. Are you with me? And so I wanted to give you that example that that is what, what being in unity. Now, why am I preaching this? This is the reason why. They give us a picture. The Apostle Paul gives us a picture in verse 13, verse 16. He gives us a picture of the body in unity. The, he, he gives a picture of members of the body of Christ doing, doing works. In verse 13, it goes like this. It says, we're to do the work of the ministry till we come to the unity of the faith. So as we learn to care for each other, we're going to come into unity of our faith. Our faith is Jesus. It's who we believe. We have to all come in agreement that he is our Savior. And so it'll happen if we get involved, if we care. It says, and also the knowledge of the Son of God. So we're also supposed to come to being knowledgeable about who the Son of God is. As a people... We have to be in agreement when they ask us, when we're explaining things. Do you have knowledge of the Son of God? 
all of a sudden you stand out and you say, do I have knowledge of the Son of God? The prophets prophesied about him before he was even born. They speak about his birthplace in Bethlehem. Oh, do I have knowledge about him? They said that the government was going to be upon his shoulder, but he was going to be born of a virgin. And yes, he had the king uproar. He, the king was uptight when he heard that the king of the Jews was born. And not only that, he said he grew up with Joseph and Mary. They raised him up in the ways of Moses. He was taught in the doctrine of Moses. What God taught Moses about reading the word of God, about prayer, about reading that word softly, reading it loud, memorizing scripture, meditating on the word of God, applying the word of God. And applying the seven spirits that God gave him in Isaiah 11:2 that helped him grow up as a little boy, as a little baby, as a preteen, as a teenager, as a young man in preparing to do the work of God. See? And that's that's what it means in the knowledge. That's part of it. The knowledge being being in unity in that knowledge. And and also to a perfect man. Perfect man means that you can't be a Mexican all your life like the, like the comedian says. What does he say? If you do this, then you're going to be a Mexican. See? No, you can't stay a Mexican. Yes, you can still eat burritos. You can't stay black. Yes, you can still have chitlins. Yes. You can't say white, Oriental, or Filipino. No, you got to be a Christian. As you reach out to your people, as you reach out to your people, you're going to turn them on, the American native. You, you, you can't stay American native. You got to be a Christian. That's what it means. It means that we can't stay in the, in the race that we were born to with the traditions that we were given, that what our parents taught us. That was right living. We can't stay with that because that only helped us to build as a, in a culture. But we are not from that culture. That's part of our roots. Just be proud of who you are. But be a Christian. Learn to be Christ-like because we are involved in an international ministry. A ministry that goes out to the streets to all kinds of cultures all over the world and proclaims hope to people who are without hope. Now, that changing, that perfection, it has to be to the measure that the, that of the statue of the fullness of Christ. That means that we have to, th that measure, that we have to keep on changing to that measure that God has for us so that we will have that measure, that statue, so that you will be what God wants you to be. See? And so that has to do with maturity. It has to do with applying God's word. It has to do with changing so that you won't argue with your mate, so that you won't uh, holler at your kids, so that you won't hit them in public, so that you'll learn to have patience, so that that way you won't say, I can't do it. You can do all things to Christ. So that you can say, I don't know if I have time uh, to get involved. Yes, you can make time. 
so that you won't say, I've been this way all my life. No, God, there's, there's another place that God wants you to reach. It's called your never before. You've never been there before, but in this time of 2017, God has a place for you. It's called, I'm doing a new thing. I've sent revival to you, the church of the heart of the bay. I've sent revival to stir you up because I want you to be a people that I count on. I count on the people that are in unity, not only in the unity with me, but in the unity with the Father, the Holy Ghost, to be in unity with the Word of God, to be in unity with the members of the body of Christ, to bring your children and your family into the unity of Christianity so that the community will know the truth. You bring the community to the truth. You don't go to the truth that the community thinks it's truth. We know the truth. Now, as I come into landing, and it, it, it says this in 14, so that we won't be children as children of God, so that we will, so that we will not allow ourselves to be tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. So that if teachings and, and the way people are doing things, if they're doing things differently than what the church leadership teaches, what the Lord taught us in Victory Outreach to do, if he wants us to be able to see, if, because this is what you call double standards. See? Double standards is like, listen to me, this is the way we do it. Does the leadership do it that way? If they don't, no. No, we don't do it that way. You do it the way we were taught. God's way. The way of truth. The other way, you can get tossed. You can see an excitement. This guy's make growing legs over here in this church. He's anointed to grow legs. All he's doing is pulling the other leg longer. See? Or fooling people. Or... I, there, there, there's power over here. Uh, there's power in victory outreach because of the name of Jesus Christ. Now, to close, verse 15 speaks about this. Very important. As members of the body of Christ, we're to speak the truth in love. We have to learn how to speak the truth in love. God's word is the truth. When you talk to people about the scripture about Jesus, you have to be careful that you don't use it as a sword to cut people off, to hurt them, to embarrass them. Because we have to learn how to speak these things in love. Correction has to be done in love. You know, when you know the member of the body of Christ and you say, let's get together so that we could know each other and we could work. You don't say, I've been here so long and you haven't talked to me. That's going to start a fight. No, let's start together. Let's do something. Let's get to know each other. And the reason why we're to learn to speak the truth in the very soft is so that you can grow up very soft. I, I don't want to hear it too much. Okay? It's because the Holy Spirit is coming. I don't want traditional stuff. 
I don't, I don't want you to get used to hearing traditional stuff and then to get moved upon by the Holy Spirit. I want you to make your melody in your mind to be able to be able to, to think, he's my friend, so I can tell him that. He's good at what he does. And so he says this, we're to learn to speak the truth in love so that you can grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. So it's saying that we have to learn to grow up in all things. In everything of life, we have to learn to grow up as a spiritual son, as a father, as a brother, as a sister in the body of Christ, as an employee, as a leader, as, as a member of the church, and as an uncle, as a cousin, as a grandson, in things of life, in marriage, single people, married uh, 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 people that, that have children, is that we have to learn how to grow up in everything that we're going to live in life to Christ, to him uh, who are we, we're to look for, for him to show us all things that pertain, that refer to life. Now, from Christ, the whole body is joined and knit together. Now, this is a picture of a church that the Apostle Paul painted. And he was showing the church that a church that's in unity, members of the body of Christ who are united and, and know each other, and they work along with each other in reaching people, and they work along with helping people in church, and, and they call each other those that are closely knit or introducing, they're meeting each other, that they're learning to open up and let people in their lives and they're learning to become friends. They're learning to become members of the body of Christ. It says that they're joined and they're knit together with Christ. That means joined and knit together means that there's communication. That means that they learn to open up. Knit is like stitch by stitch. There's a closeness. There's a communication. You're letting people in. You're, you're, you're expressing to those that you feel you could trust. There's a, a knit. There's a togetherness. You're letting people come in. I, I, I asked this. Your pastor, I asked him, I said, school me. I'm 74, but you're a young blood. I need to be schooled, Esteban. Don't take everything that I say, like, if it's not right what I'm saying, I want you to school me even though I'll be embarrassed. Even though uh, I might feel bad, I want you to school me. You're a youngster. I'm a young minister, and I need you to tell me because I want to learn because I want to be relevant. I want to be able to learn. I want to continue to learn. I don't just want to just do what I learned. No, I want to keep learning. I want to finish well. I go to other places, Stefan. I go to other churches. I, I have to know how young pastors think and how young people think. I have to learn. I, can, I just can't stay. Yes, I know I, I'm loaded down. Yes, I know that I run with the, with the vision of this ministry. Yes, I learned the ways of Jesus Christ. But I still need to be schooled. 
I still need to learn the ways of how God speaks to ministers, how God speaks to the body, not just the minister, how God talks to you. I want to hear how you feel, what you went through, what you experienced. Because it says this, that these members of the body, which is me and you, were joined and knit together by Christ. So that means that we have to be close to Jesus. We have to be a people that allow ourselves for people to teach us how to be close to God by reading our Bible and praying. Prayer and, 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 and fellowship and evangelizing and follow-up. We have to be a people that, that, that we're knit together. What do we knit together? We're not only knit together by Christ, but by what every joint supplies. What does that mean? The members of the body of Christ, we bring something to the table. Each person in here, you bring something to the table. You don't just bring enchiladas. No, you, you're gifted. God has given you gifts. He's placed you in the body of Christ for a while to learn experience for your calling. God has a calling for you. You're going to do something special for God, local or national or international. You have something that God has given you to do. And so what you bring to the table is very important to the, member of the, the members of the body of Christ because you're bringing things that we need. And, and we have to be sensitive to what you're bringing. You're bringing love. You're bringing unity. You're bringing finances. You're bringing kindness. You're bringing strategy. You know how to work my phone. I don't know how to work it. I have to keep remembering my, my, my number, so I just said, here's my number, 2468. Now, don't bother me. See? I couldn't remember all the codes things like that. But you give my phone to a young person, the next thing you know I'll have everything that I need. Why? Because they're good at what they do. Now, all of this, it's according, the unity comes. It's, and we're reaching to help people. And the body's going to grow together. We're going to be united. We're going to learn to be in unity. It's according to the effective working. It means like, how good do you work for God? Do you give him a full job or do you give him a quarter? Are you concerned for the work of the Lord? Do you do your best? Effective means that what you do touches people. It means that God is touched by it. It means that the people that you're helping, they're happy. Because the work that you're doing, the communication that you're giving them, the service that you're providing for them, the sensitivity that we have, how we go out of our way to meet them, it means that, that that's effective. But if we don't go out of our way to follow up in people we're meeting, we don't call them, we don't go to their house to see how they're doing, then we're not effective. It's not being effective. No. It says that as by which every part does its share, not only according to the effect of working, but every member of the body has to do its share. 
It means that each one of us has a work and we have to do our share. If you, if you don't do your share, it means you didn't do your share in the world. But in the Lord, you have to learn to do your share. To your wife, you gotta give. My wife tells me, you don't love me. And I said, I love you. I said, yeah, you say it, but I don't feel it. So I have to dig in there and see what's missing. When I start digging in, I feel like committing Harry Carey. Suicide. Because there's a lot of work that I need. But because I'm trained not to give up, I get in there in front of her like a big dummy and sit there like a big lame and say, okay, honey, school me. Take a picture of how dumb I look and send it to my friends that are in prison all over the world so that they can see their homie, a big lame, a sokar. Because this is what Jesus wants. He wants marriage. He wants the husband to learn also to submit himself to his wife. He wants the wife to submit herself to the husband. He wants the members of the body of Christ to submit to one another. That means be open to one another. And it says that what this does, if all of us are learning to do those things, that it's going to cause unity. And that that unity causes growth of the body. That means this, that there's three areas of growth. But as I close, personal growth is when me and you change. The church is growing because we're the church. If we don't change, the church ain't growing. Only so many people are growing. The second area of growth is when you and I, the body of Christ, is when we respond to the call of God and we find our place in the local church to begin to train in helping people so we could learn to do our calling. The third area of growth is lifestyle evangelism. It's learning to talk to people in your everyday life about Jesus Christ. Now when the church doesn't want to change in unity and not everybody in the body of Christ has found their place and they're not involved and they don't do lifestyle evangelism, the church will not reach a certain number. It'll only stay at a certain number for a long time because God knows that the members of the body of Christ, they're not learning unity and they're not applying these skills. They're not open to be taught what he wants them to learn in the skill of helping other people, developing other people, training other people, changing, finding your place, witnessing. Now, why am I saying this to you? Because you have fantastic pastors. I believe in them. God wants this church to be big, but he can't give you your building right now. Because you're not doing those things as a whole unity of a body. Only so many are in unity. Some aren't communicating with their leaders. Some don't care to communicate. Others don't even communicate with their neighbor. There's not a friendliness. There's not a phone call. There's not a visit for fellowship. There's not an extension for somebody that came in in, in hopes to be accepted, to be received, to be talked to, to be invited, to be part of, to be paid attention to, to be included in this vision. See? 
they walk out the same. But I believe I might have slapped the Shirley Temple out of you. Yes, by the Holy Spirit. But now you know how I feel when my wife and the Holy Spirit slapped the, the Shirley Temple out of me. You thought I was going to cuss her. Now you know how I feel when God, bam, slaps me. That Holy Ghost, come on. Time to change. And my wife, look at you, still the same after 50 years of marriage. Man, I haven't changed. How many want to be in unity? Let's stand. Those that want to be in unity, that want to function in the spirit of unity, that means you want to improve. You want to communicate more with your leaders, leaders with the people that are, uh, uh, that are under you, Le people in the church, members of the body, with the people that God puts across your path in everyday life. Young girls with those moms that can teach you things. And not only just a young